This is a Quite the Thing media production of Quite the Music, distributed as part of Quite the Music collab. I'm Gary Morris and welcome to episode 7 of Quite the Music and we've got quite the guests for this episode which we're naturally calling the Rocky Horror Podcast Show uh, is the wonderful Leah and Ethan from Shiva Rocky. Evening ladies. Good evening or I guess it's good night for you but good evening for yeah. us. Good evening for us. Thanks for having us. No absolutely. So for anyone that didn't catch our little preview um, of um, Shiva Rocky Zaba episode from earlier on in the year, which we put out a couple of weeks back. Um, the Shiva Rocky podcast and Quite the Music share uh, podcast family as being part of the Quite the Thing media group. And we thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of a, a kind of collaboration on areas where there's a little bit of kind of cross-reference. So we've decided to have a little bit of a chat about the greatest rock and roll musical of all time, uh, the Rocky Horror Show. And I managed to have a little bit of an interview uh, with one of the stars of the, the UK touring production at the moment, uh, Christian Lavercombe, who has played Riff Raff in over 1,800 episodes um, or editions all across the world um, of the stage show. Um, so we'll pop a little bit of the conversation that I had with Christian a little bit later on. But what we're doing, uh, along with the guys from She Will Rock You, is doing a little bit of a debate as to whether or not the movie or the stage show is the best version of Rocky Horror. Um, so before we get into that, um, I'll let Leah and Bethan just uh, introduce themselves a little bit for anyone that isn't familiar uh, with what She Will Rock You is and is all about and what they guys are all about. So Leah, we'll kick off with yourself. Um, I'm Leah. I'm one of the co- hosts of She Will Rock You. Do you want me to describe the show? Is that what you wanted? Yeah, a little bit about you, a little bit about the show, about why folks should check you out if they haven't done already. Yeah, uh, I always say that my first life was as a theatre kid, so I was very into like production and live music is probably my favourite thing. Um, our show is a bi-weekly rock history podcast. We also have a bunch of just other episodes thrown in there as well, but each uh, every other week we take turns telling each other the story of an artist or a group, and we like to mix some humor in there as well. Um, Beth Ann, your turn. <laughs> yes. I am Beth Ann. I am the other host of She Will Rock You, and Leah did a great job as far as for describing what we do. We like to um, talk about rock music. We love to interview up and coming artists. Often, you know, we just drink beer and just say ridiculous shit. And you are the recipient of that ridiculous shit. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we try to keep it, you know, nice and fun and still keep it informative. 
yeah, that's fab. I've listened to quite a few of them um, since you, you joined the Quite a Thing Network. Um, and yeah, it's it's very different to other pods I've listened to, which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, you, oh, thank you certainly you. Thank you. stand out on your own merits. Right, Rocky Horror, guys. Uh, this, as a musical, is probably right up your street. Um, yes. Where mm-hmm. did you guys first come across it? And... <laughs> You go first, Leah. You're going to hate my answer, and it's the Glee version. Yes. There we go. Amazing. That was, that was uh, let's see, I was probably 15 when that, that episode aired, 15, 16. Um, and at the time, I was very into Glee. Like, I, every time they would release a CD, I would rush to Target and buy it. Um, and so I bought the Rocky Horror Glee show. And I had never seen Rocky Horror before. And now going back and watching that episode is like physically painful. It's so bad. But back then I was like, oh, this music is catchy. And then I ended up watching the real Rocky Horror. And now I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to put that on the show. Um, but I do love the real movie version. The Glee version can just go die. Okay. <laughs> but so, it was great for introducing a new uh, generation of kids to the show, I yeah. guess. So people that know me, um, I'm a massive Gleek, so I'm going to defend the show to the hill. Um, oh. But I, yeah, almost to the point where obviously my surname's Morris and I've got a, a, a nearly seven-year-old daughter now, but if um, she was going to be a boy, then we were going to call it Matthew. <laughs> Which I, um, probably I says a lot be, more about me than it does about anyone else, to be fair. I but. wanted to be Leah Michelle so bad like so bad in high school so i get that yeah i think we're, we're gonna get on fine here leah i think uh, the next <laughs> um 40 minutes should be a lot of fun i reckon um but no i actually really enjoyed the glee version of it but i go all the way back with it i've seen the stage show what about three times now um and movie god i, I don't know how many times but um for me it is the definitive rock and roll musical um and you guys probably don't know this, but over in the UK, uh, we've got a game show called The Crystal Maze, um, mm-hmm. which is a lot of probably students mainly, um, but they will go around this kind of set, TV set, where doing lots of like, daft wee games and things, but it's Richard O'Brien, um, who obviously wrote the Rocky Horror Show that presents it, or mm-hmm. used to present it back in the day, and yeah. we're talking now going back maybe about 30 years um, when I was a, a child, I, I would sit and watch that on a, a Thursday evening here in the UK. Um, and it's just recently had a little bit of a resurgence and it's came back again. Um, but that's where I first came across Richard O'Brien and then realised that he was responsible for, for Rocky Horror. And yeah, it's just so much fun. Um, if you've ever seen the stage show, which I have, um, I've never done it in fancy dress, to be fair, but it is a bit of a UK tradition to actually go to the stage show in full costume. They, they do it at movie theaters here when they do like yeah. Halloween screenings of it. Yeah, so it's, it's a very UK thing. And when we chat to Christian um, a little bit later on, uh, we're going to talk a little bit to him about the, the live experience of seeing the show live. But I know you guys did a little bit of research and watched the movie. Um, so how are you going to present that that movie is better to me than the stage show version? So, I mean, for me, so I'm, to be fair, I've never seen the stage show version of it and coming from theater as well. I know there's just a certain, um, 
the certain just feeling when you go into a theater and you're just overcome by the emotions of it. It's like the emotions come more through to you than it does in a movie version. So I do recognize that. So I can only give from a movie perspective, but I mean, for a movie perspective, you see everything that the director wants you to see. Mm-hmm. So everything is perfectly staged. The cinematography is shot at certain angles to tell you the story. Whereas in theater, you know, you still get that experience of emotions, but I feel like for cinema and their um, storytelling medium techniques, they're more just telling you, they're making you experience the actual story itself, if that makes sense. That's at least my interpretation of it. Okay. So have you guys came across the 2020 remake? The one with uh, Laverne Cox? Yes. I have. And it was pretty good, but I still prefer the movie because it's, it's just so hard to beat the chemistry that the original cast had. I am kind of an original, like, I know like some of the original characters like Tim Curry was in the West End show of it and came over, Mm. but it's just, I love the casting in that movie. And it's hard to fill the shoes of the original cast. Like you're never going to top what they did. No, I I agree with you. So we mentioned Richard O'Brien already. So he played Riff Raff in Mm -hmm. the the original movie, Uh, obviously wrote the, the film and the, the stage show as well. And Riff Raff is a character that Christian um, has played over 1,800 times um, when we, we chat to him a little bit later on. But there is obviously one very big star from a, a rock and roll perspective in the movie, um, and it is the, the legend that is Meatloaf. Now, I crawled through you guys back catalogue, and I was amazed that you've not spoken about this guy yet. Um, so... <laughs> Why? Because I think for me, he is the ultimate rock and roller. I think part of it is we just haven't gotten to him yet. <laughs> he's on the list. He, he's like, on the list for like future episodes. It's just so we only get to pick 12 a piece a year. So. Yes. And so there's a lot of artists that we have on our lists that just I don't want to take them all off the list. For example, um, the Beatles. You also notice arguably also one of the biggest rock and roll bands. We have not covered yet. Elvis, uh, he's still out Elvis there. Elvis is still out there. Um, so we like to just slowly take things off that list so that there's more longevity. Like I finally talked about Janis Joplin after two years of podcasting. And then I'll pull maybe one or two other off the list next year. So I'm not saying Meatloaf won't happen, but mm. he, he, we'll see if he happens next year or the year after. Yeah, it won't happen in 2021. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> No, no, it's fair enough. But um, he's obviously he's got a very distinctive part within within the movie, and right. um, I, I love Meatloaf anyway. I, I managed to see him in Glasgow, fucking back about ten years ago now, and that was just after he'd brought out Battle Hill Three, and yeah, just he's one of these gigs that I wish I'd seen ten years earlier, because um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. as as good as he was, you wish you'd seen him that little bit earlier um which was a shame but just to have seen you've seen them live was was kind of bucket list stuff uh, which was which was really really good you mentioned tim curry i don't think you can talk about the the film without talking about the tour de force as tim curry as as frankenfurter um yeah what what's your take on on him and that character and for me that that 
when you talk to someone that doesn't know Rocky Horror, it's Frankenfurter that's the first thing that, that's in their head. We were texting before this that this is Tim Curry's best role. Like, this, this is iconic. If he's known for one role, it should be this role. Um, like I said, the, if whenever they do a remake, they can't fill Tim Curry's shoes. He's too perfect. There will never be another Tim Curry, yeah. Frankenfurter. Well, never a thing would be Muppet Treasure Island. That's a good one. Also a good one, and but still not as... Rocky Horror is still the number one for me. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. Absolutely get that. And if that. you ask Beth Ann's husband, Nigel Thornberry is the other. <laughs> <laughs> he he is convinced that Nigel Thornberry is the better Tim Curry role, which I say he's wrong. He's but, wrong. Okay. He's absolutely wrong. And you know, this is completely a tangent. I got to even see Tim Curry at Madison at Madison Square Garden when I was a kid. He was playing Scrooge, and he was great in it. He was sensational. Still, Dr. Frankenfurter cannot be beat because he just commands. I imagine he commanded the stage in West End, but even on film, he still commands a presence. And that is so hard to do. Mm -hmm. Yep. So 1977, the movie came out. Uh, It's probably the biggest cult movie of all time. Um, grossed over $170 million worldwide and holds the Guinness record for the longest running, continually running movie release of all time. So what do you guys reckon it is about Rocky Horror, which has just endured so many different generations and so many different cultures and people that have just found something within Rocky Horror that has just made it the, the kind of cultural tour de force that it is? I think a lot of it is this movie and I can't speak necessarily from like a seventies perspective because, you know, there was a lot going on in that time. So I don't want to like say, Oh, I assume it's this when I don't have as much of base, but what I can say is growing up with it and seeing how that impacted people's lives, especially in the LGBTQ world. um, I think as the LGBTQ awareness and movement has gotten stronger this movie has gotten strong with it because I think this movie just really speaks to the freedom that I mean this movie's 1975 and the things they're putting in that the LGBTQ scenes that they're putting in and you know it's just amazing that in 1975 they were getting away with it and now today it's just it's just treasured as you know, a great piece of LGBTQ cinema and cultural movement. And I think with TikTok, as the noises have gone picked <laughs> up, um, the anticipation, right? Um, it has been such a, it's been so great to see, you know, not even people doing makeup to it, but just like opening up themselves. You know, Dr. Frankenfurter for me is a character that is, is about being who you are and I think that's translating very well on TikTok. And from a movie theater going perspective, there's not, I can't think of any other movie that at least in the US, they consistently show in most movie theaters year after year that has audience participation. Like no one showing up in full costume to watch Polar Express every Christmas. Right. 
yeah it's basically this in the room and that's it yeah and only one both of called good. classics both called classics but only one is good but like we live we live in the middle of nowhere in virginia and our theater does a rocky horror show and people show up in their fishnets and their makeup to yes. watch it like so if we can do it in the middle of nowhere everyone else is doing it too yeah. uh, that's yeah. just the men to be fair no, it's everyone. <laughs> uh, but no, no, it's brilliant. Um, from a, a musical perspective, guys, so that's obviously what we're all about um, as much as we're going into musical theatre um, on, on this episode. But it's got probably some of the most iconic songs probably in, in all time in terms mm-hmm. of kind of musical movies. Um, anything really take your fancy in terms of that kind of iconic song that you think has uh, kind of transcended the, the kind of time. Uh, you can't get more iconic than Time Warp. I agree. <laughs> like when I think when I think Rocky Horror, I immediately think Time Warp, and I've been singing it. I watched it last night to prep for this, and I've been singing it literally all day because it's the catchiest song. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, as me, let's see, I've I've seen it three times uh, in the theater. Um, I just really enjoyed Damn It, Janet. That one, yeah, that one. I forget about that one because it's so early in the movie. Mm. I, every time I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this song is in here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something when I was chatting to, to Christian about, and we'll play that interview towards the, the, the end of this, just so you guys can hear it. And he talks a lot about, um, he's mainly played Riff Raff, but very recently on the UK tour, he's been standing in as Frankfurter, um, which Ooh. is probably be, he found it really awkward because he was essentially having scenes with himself but he spoke about the enjoyment he gets from the show now is from other people's songs and not necessarily his pieces but the, the actual mm-hmm. riffraff character and those songs are, you need to have some range to be able to, to carry them off it's they're not easy songs to, to be able to, to carry they're not yeah Absolutely. So we're going to play in the interview uh, with myself and Christian at this point, and then we're going to go in to have a little bit of a chat about the stage show and what makes that the tour de force that it is. We are joined by Christian Labercombe, the star of over 1,800 Rocky Horror shows across the world, uh, mainly in the UK, but obviously in touching. Australia, New Zealand, all over the place, Christian. So welcome to Quite the Music. It's a real honour to have you on. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, so Rocky Horror has obviously been a big part of your life, especially over the last few years. What got you particularly into doing musical theatre as a job, first of all, before you actually found this show? Um, I come from a very small town in New Zealand. And... Uh, It's one of those towns which is incredibly pretty and incredibly attractive, but there's not much else to do. And um, so my teachers at school got me involved in theatre and um, they I think they recognised I was a very creative person. And uh, so they kind of led me down the right paths and, you know, pushed me out there on my way. And so that's really how I started doing it It was just as a bit of a hobby Mm. as uh, uh, something to do with myself. Absolutely. And now, Rocky Horror, was this a show that you were aware of before you 
addition for the part of, of Riff Raff or was it something that uh, as a child you were very familiar with or had been to see before you got involved in it? It's a show which has been coming through all my adult life um, but certainly when I was a teenager me and my my friends used to get together on a Friday night occasionally and uh, stick Rocky Horror on and watch it. And we thought it was very, very cool and very amazing. And uh, I remember even on my 21st birthday as my birthday present, I went along and saw uh, a touring production of Rocky Horror in New Zealand. Amazing. And um, so, you know, it is one of those things that's kept on coming back. And in three sort of smaller productions in New Zealand before I even auditioned for Riff Raff. And so I played Frankenfurter in a couple of productions and I played Brad Majors. So um, Riff Raff was far off the spectrum of what I imagined I'd be playing. And uh, then it just kind of happened by accident how an audition came up for an Australasian tour, but it was a UK creative team. And uh, so, yeah, so they got me on board and I almost went in and said, I can audition. I'm willing to audition for anything apart from Riff Raff that I planned on saying that because I didn't think I could sing Riff Raff because he's incredibly, it's like vocal gymnastics. It's very mm. kind of challenging to sing. So uh, I kind of, um, but I, I stopped myself from saying that. I thought, don't be negative. And uh, the director went, okay, well, we'll get you to sing for Riff Raff. And I was like, oh my gosh. So, um, but yes, but it just kind of came out and it happened. and. And now I'm still playing with Raff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although I noticed uh, just in Norwich just last week, you you were uh, in Frank's shoes as well. Um, so uh, how is it to jump from one character to another, especially one such as Riff Raff that you're probably so familiar with, to, to jump into someone else's shoes to play a different character? Is that quite strange or is it quite fun? To there are there are moments there are moments. It's strange, like but. It just it doesn't tend to happen when you're on stage. It's like if you will be off stage and you will hear, uh, you know, cause you're on you're on stage at different times to your normal character, but you'll hear a cue moment and your body will completely jump because you think you're meant to be on stage. So there'll be those kind of moments that sort of, you know, where you jump out of your skin because you instinctually your body wants to respond. And there is a couple of scenes, which is just um, Frankenfurter and Riff Raff. And that's very weird if I'm playing the other character, because you're basically having a scene with yourself. And, you know, the the other actor is made up to look exactly the same as me. So um, it's very, very surreal. (laughs) Having a scene with yourself. Mm, Absolutely. Having played Riff Raff so many times, have you got a favourite cast member that you've played alongside that you've had such good chemistry with that, that you would just love to be on stage with them forever? Do you know what? There have been so many fabulous people along the way, actually, because the cast changes every year. And, um, but you know, you make some really good friends throughout that time. And, but, you know, there are certain people that you have, uh, one of those is a woman called Kay Murphy, um, who, um, I don't believe isn't acting anymore, but um, okay. she was one of those people who you could um, really bounce off. You know, they give you so much stuff to work with as an actor opposite them that it's almost, you know, it's it's the director's job then to pull both of you back because, you know, us bouncing off together, we're on the same wavelength. So 
we just come up with new ideas and new things all the time. And that's very exciting as an actor, especially if you've been doing a show for such a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, but Kay, Kay Murphy is an, an, an absolute dream, but she lives in Spain now. Oh, well, that's been nice. Um, that, that, yes. that's brilliant. So you've done it for so long. Have you got a favourite scene or a favourite song in there? Or, or is it just because it's been such a big part of your life that you, you can't pick? It is It is really difficult to pick now because, you know, it's all in there and you lose kind of perspective of everything. <laughs> You know, if you've if you've literally because I've I've done the the time warp happens a few times in the show, so you know I've literally performed that song you know thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times, and that doesn't stop you from occasionally forgetting the words. Really, wow. the brain is the brain is a funny thing, um, but um, certainly I actually you know enjoy other people's songs more than I enjoy my own because you okay. think of them in a different way, and I actually get a I actually get a chance to listen to other people's songs rather than when I'm when I'm singing my own song. You're really in the moment of, you know, trying to, you know, get whatever you need to across. But um, certainly I, I really love um, I'm Going Home. You know, that's the it's it's the main heartfelt song in the entire show. And I, I uh, you know, it, it can be sung very beautifully. So one of the things that I love about the show so much is just how interactive it is with the audience and how people come along in the costumes and ready for a party. And that must be probably something even more heightened now, given what we've just came out of over the last kind of 18 months or so. How have you found live audiences since you've came back to the show? Uh, have they been even more up for it than they would have been previously? Or Well, it is in interesting looking out into the audience since it's up and um but you know when people are dressed up for rocky horror they are you know if you dress up you're not going to go along and just sit there and be quiet you know you're yeah. actually going to go along and make make the most of it because you've made a huge effort before you even step foot inside the building but um you know the audiences of rocky horror are always amazing and different and um individual when it comes to audiences and um but, you know, there are certain nights where people I think people really appreciate it now because a lot of the audience members are coming along. It's the first time they've been to see a show in the last 18 months or the last two years. And, you know, it's been a big deal for them to sort of come out and see something and be entertained and get a slice of the old life back. So um, the audiences have been you know, amazing. And even the actors on stage really appreciate it as well. But um, Certainly, there are always moments in Rocky Horror where you just can't quite believe how wild those audiences can get, yeah. especially on a fr especially on a Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> Have you got any stories of any particular um, incidents with, with audience members or, or things that, that can go out, keep it clean? <laughs> I mean, that there's there's always incidents with Rocky Horror, and because the audience are really a, another character in the show. And a very unpredictable character that you never know what quite what they're going to do. And uh, but that's part of the reason I love Rocky Horror so much is because there's such a wild, unknown element to it that it keeps me entertained. But, you know, there have been moments of, you know, I've, I've one of the there was one occasion where a woman who was dressed exactly like Magenta uh, during a blackout, she climbed up on stage and went backstage. And because she looked like Magenta, nobody noticed that it wasn't the Magenta. No way. And when I went. When I went back to my dressing room, she was sitting there in my dressing room going, I'm your sister. 
So I was like, mm, hold on. <laughs> yeah, let me go get someone. <laughs> um, yeah, and last I saw her, she was being dragged down the hallway by security, going, I'm your sister. So there are there are moments like that occasionally where things can get a little bit wild. So what does the future hold for yourself, Christian? Is it more Rocky Horror for the next few months or is there any other shows on the horizon as well for you? Uh, certainly for uh, certainly for the for this current um, version of Rocky Horror, we're going for quite a while yet. Um, we go into the middle of next year, so it's um, you know for the foreseeable future, it's definitely Rocky Horror, and uh, you know I'm I'm more than more than happy to do that. And you know as an actor, you're very grateful to actually be working at this time mm-hmm. because you know. Uh, I've been in the unusual position where I actually have been in a show, and I realise that's a fortunate position to be in. So it's great that people are coming out and supporting us and supporting the show. And you know, Rocky Horror is still performing to packed out audiences. You know, what is it, 48 years after its um, conception? So it's quite an amazing thing to be a part of, and I'm I always love it. There's bound to be a, a 50th anniversary special planned have you heard anything about that or i've heard nothing about it but surely there is surely there's going to be i mean the 50th has to be a big deal has to be a big deal so um i joined i joined the this current production um for the 40th and you know it's just so that you know that was a big deal at the time so it would be very i'd be very interested to find out what's going to happen for the 50th but i currently have no idea well i'm sure they'll give you a call christian i've no (laughs) doubt about that whatsoever but no thank you so much for for joining us it's been a a real pleasure to speak with you um look forward to to catching you in glasgow i think you're you're here in the middle of next year i think um up in glasgow i i look forward to glasgow as some of our best audiences easily yeah, well, we'll look forward to seeing you then, Christian. It's uh, been a pleasure having you on. Uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Right, thank you. Great, thank you. Okay, so big thanks to Christian for coming on. Um, he is a legend of the stage show scene, over 1,800 performances, which uh, is just incredible <laughs> to be able to be with a show for that long. And I think especially what we've all just came out of in terms of the kind of COVID restrictions and all the various lockdowns. The audiences are just going mad just now um, in the UK for just being out <laughs> out about. I don't know, know if it's the same over, over in the States, but um, so appreciative of having live audience and live theatre again. And a show like Rocky Horror is just totally dependent on that live action interaction with, with an audience who go out and go all out for, for a party. And I think that for me, what makes a stage show so much fun is because everyone's there to really live it and enjoy it. It's not just going to a theatre, sitting and watching. You're fully participated in it and almost the audience is another character in there, which um, makes it a lot of fun for me. I feel like it would be so much fun to watch, but it's not a popular choice over here. I can't think of any theatre within like a four-hour radius who's done it in the last yeah. 10 years and I'm looking right now to see if the t- they're touring the U.S. and they're not but there's a show in Phoenix <laughs> hey that's only you know a five-hour plane ride for us yeah <laughs> they were really committed I think to, to do that but I'm sure it's still shown on Broadway as well I'd imagine that's um I mean I have never seen it pop up on Broadway but 
I would imagine they do kind of some off-Broadway shows once in a while. Let's see. I'm Googling. Um, I wish they were doing a residency for it. It was at Circle in the Square at one point. Uh, it went on hiatus in 2001. So mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're, we're coming up for that kind of 50-year anniversary for it. So yeah. I'm sure... There must be plans to, to bring bring it back to. I would know, love that for 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 there wide is, audiences out there. There is a really good local company who keeps putting it on their ballot because they let their fans choose their season, and every year I vote for it, and it never gets chosen. But one year it will get chosen. Oh my gosh, I would love it. But oh, it's a big staple of the UK theatre scene. Like we, as I say, I've seen it three times just in Glasgow, and um, we don't have the the largest theatre. In, in the world up here in Glasgow but it's certainly big enough and what seems to be a, a kind of big phenomenon just now is for like, ex-pop stars to kind of show up within it so, yeah. uh, recently we've seen the likes of Ben Adams who was in the boy band day one I'm not expecting you guys to know who that is but it's a big deal for me um, <laughs> also uh, Joanne Clifton who was a professional dancer and one of the winners of Strictly Come Dancing which I know is Dancing with the Stars over there in the States. Um, so she she played Janet in there. And her partner, who she won, Strictly Come Dancing with, uh, Aurea Duva, who was a TV presenter over here in the UK, he's actually touring just now um, in Rocky Horror as Brad. So a little bit of synergy there. And he, this is his first kind of main kind of UK theatre role. Um, so he's on stage just now with Christian um, and doing very well, actually. Um so I've heard on there, but it, we've had people like Duncan James from Boy Band Blue. He's been on the, the touring platform in the last few years as well. So it does seem to be a way of ex-pop stars now who've gone into the kind of musical theatre world. Uh, it's, a, it's a good gig for the, those guys to get. Yeah, we see that sometimes here in the States with uh, Broadway. I mean, Broadway in America they're on a weird trend if it's not Hamilton they're going to base they're going to take a movie that was never a musical and make it into a musical which I personally am not the hugest fan of but I don't know I Liam might have a different opinion of me on that but um yeah we see like a lot of you know a lot of pop stars or actors that are on a little bit of a break a little bit hiatus so pop up on Broadway for a little bit yeah, I remember seeing one of the Jonas Brothers doing Lee Miz over here, yes. um, which is he's very good in it. To be fair, it was Nick Jonas. Um, so. It's always a hit or a miss. I feel like they're either really good or really bad. Yeah, there's no in between. <laughs> very true. I think that's the thing is that you you see probably usual suspects and guys like what Ben Adams. Uh, I've seen him doing flash dance as well. And he was brilliant in Flashdance, looked really, really good, to the point where I did one of these really awkward stage door selfies with him at the end of the show. I don't know if that's <laughs> a thing over there in the States, but it um, is. Yeah, it was um, good times. I'll maybe post a photo online, let you guys see it. Um, it's not my finest picture, I've got to say. Um, but no, it's all good. So stage show-wise, I've seen it, so I'm going to be a bit biased and say that as the definitive version for me rather than the, the movie. Um, I think the movie is aged ever so slightly, um, which is going to obviously coming from the mid-70s, but I think that's mm -hmm. why the stage show's great because they can continually reinvent it and keep it fresh and with, with new actors or slightly different staging or the same 
obviously set up in the same characters, but just done slightly differently, and they can constantly evolve that, whereas the movie is a movie, and you've probably seen that in the, the 2000s kind of remastering of it, is when you try and do it again, it's maybe not quite as fresh as we would like it to be, and you just go, you really want Tim Curry back. <laughs> whereas <laughs> the stage show, you can evolve a little bit and have different takes on it, and I think that's what makes people like myself go back to see it over and over and over again, because you don't get exactly the same show. I saw Avenue Q twice, but the second time I didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much because I knew what was coming and it just wasn't as funny the second time round. Uh, whereas with Rocky Horror, you can really enjoy it over and over and over again. Uh, and I thoroughly urge anyone out there that's not seen it to go and get some tickets. Um, if it's in your area, uh, go along and see it. You will have a ball of an evening. I feel like once I see it on stage, I will prefer the stage version because I'm that kind of person. Yeah. I just I need to see it on you. stage. <laughs> now, any other movies that have gone on stage that you guys would say are better on stage than they are in the movies? Uh, I, when you were saying that, it's not a direct comparison, but the overarching story is the same of the Buddy Holly story. There's a stage show version that exists, and then there's the Gary Busey movie. I do not like the movie. We talked about it on another podcast. But the stage show of the Buddy Holly story is so good. Um, a, a little bit more musical, obviously, because it's on stage. But that's that's no. the first comparison I have in my head. No, I, this movie sure. this movie hasn't come out yet, so it's probably unfair. But I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, take the dunk anyway. Um, I think Wicked on Broadway is going to be way better than the movie version they're going to be doing. Um <laughs> I, you know, they may surprise us. I'm, they may I'm surprise us, but cautiously optimistic. I am. I'm on the fence about it because I I think I'm very protective of Wicked because it was one of um. It was a musical when it came out. I was very. I love the composer Stephen Schwartz quite a bit. I love God like he's just one of my favorite composers. So I feel like I'm a little bit protective over it, but. I, it's just like whenever Hollywood just picks up films from Broadway, it's just something gets lost in translation just a little bit. And it bugs me because it's like they go for more of the mass appeal than truly treating the musical as it should be. Like, like, Case in point, cats. Cats, exactly. Fantastic points. The only time I feel like they haven't done that is with honestly with older musicals because one, they were more popular and um, they didn't really have to stretch as far, but like Fiddler on the Roof, both in film and on stage is phenomenal. Um, but yeah. That's, Mama Mia is the one exception to where the movie is better than the stage I, show. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have a fight with you now because I can't stand the movie. Um, it's just really. <laughs> the stage show's not great though. It mm. is really not great. There, it's very lackluster. It's got some weird sequencing compared to the movie. I did see the movie first, but I think the sequencing of the stage show is weird. Yeah, I, I just can't 
go Pierce Brosnan. Uh, <laughs> this is so bad. Well, if we it's not add that much. We take Pierce Bronson out of the picture. You could even edit him out and have it be just two men instead. Yeah. Just just think two about dads. Meryl Streep. It's just the perfect mom. Like you want her to be your mom. And I Amanda Seyfried is perfect. Yeah. Sophie. Yeah, we've gone completely off topic. So yes. I'm going to pull it back to Rocky Horror away, away from Mamma Mia. But there is a brilliant <laughs> ABBA episode in the Hugo Rocky archives. Also available on Quite the Music. If you've not had the pleasure of listening to that, I, I direct you towards that. It's um, a lot of fun with the ladies um, talking a lot about ABBA. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll park that for a moment. But <laughs> what I will say about Wicked, and um, there was a great story in the, the British press this week about a, a petition that was going around to try and get James Corden to not do the... Yes, yeah. I saw that. Is he coming to the West End for it? No, it was to not be in the uh, Wicked movie. Oh, to be in the movie. Oh, because yeah. they're going to put him as a... Whatchamacall? It's just a rumor, but there's like a 70,000 sign signature yeah. petition to yes. not have James Corden in the movie. Yeah, and uh, one of my favorite um, Twitter comments I've ever seen was in re- reply to that, and it was about uh, James Corden being in Cats, uh, and the quote was, I don't think James Corden was the problem with the film Cats. It was a fact <laughs> it was based on the musical Cats that the problem was with the movie Cats. Um, I agree. Yeah, um, so, yeah. But, well, I'm sure Wicked will be great. Um, okay, Rocky Horror... Uh, it's been a huge cultural phenomenon for me. It launched the careers of Tim Curry. Um, it launched a massive stage show, which has spawned 44 years of people time warping and jumping to the left and mm-hmm. stepping to the right and been able to just be themselves and go out and enjoy themselves um, dressed up or not dressed up. It, it's celebrates that individuality and um, as you said earlier Bethan it, it does have a lot of connotations of just celebrating that uniqueness and um, being there what I would really really like to see um, is on a future season of RuPaul's Drag Race them doing one of their um, challenges based around Rocky Horror oh mm-hmm. my gosh that would be amazing I and think then you have to genius. make them like perform a song from it yeah. so yes. they have to both choose their looks inspired by it and they have to do an actual song version Ooh, I think it would be genius yeah if you're listening Rue next series please <laughs> yes <laughs> um, that, I think it would be a lot of fun and I think that would be probably the next step along um, to just bringing it to, to a brand new audience. Uh, and I, I do hope that it gets back out there over your neck of the woods because it's certainly as popular now over here in the UK than possibly it's ever been. Um, I know tickets for the, the current stage run are going very, very well. Uh, and as Christian said earlier, um, people are just really embracing that, being able to go back out and enjoy live theatre and live shows and there's nothing better for an experience if you want to go and spend two hours at the theatre. Um, mm-hmm. Go to Rocky Horror. If you've not, take the plunge. Go get your tickets and go and see it. It will be very well worth your time. And uh, I'm sure you'll come away from it equally as excited about it as the three of us are um, over the course of the last kind of 45, 50 minutes or so. 
Okay, to wrap things up on this episode of Quite the Music, um, Bethan, Leah, what's coming up um, in the She Will Rock You run up to the festive period? Um, what have you guys got in the pipeline? Give yourselves a couple of minutes to plug yourselves while we've got you on. Uh, let's see, we just dropped, as of the time we were recording this two days ago, a episode on Carly Simon. We have another episode coming out in two weeks on Billy Idol. Mm-hmm. Um, we're recording our December artists. We're not going to spoil those, but we have two great ones mm-hmm. for December lined up, like big name artists. We wanted to um, end with a bang. What can we yes. say? Nice. And we have, we also do artist interviews. So we take the artists. You need to know whether they're, uh, we, we interview female artists from all genres and all aspects of the music industry. So we have an interview with a producer dropping this week. Um, and a couple more interviews scheduled that I'll drop over the next couple of weeks. Um, but we're taking a break from interviews in December, so not as much coming on that front. Mm-hmm. But we have big plans for 2022, so stay tuned. Lovely. Yep. Uh, and hopefully we've now exposed you to a whole new wave of uh, UK listeners, which will be nice. And hopefully you can introduce my crazy pop world to all you yanks out there as well that would be fun <laughs> and you can listen to all, all my interviews with pop stars you've never heard yes. of which is which is good i love artists i never heard of like i usually end up Same. loving them by the end of the interview so, so i'll direct you to our back catalog then Leah. Um, <laughs> there's lots of good stuff in there but uh, it's been a real pleasure um chatting Rocky Horror with both you guys say check out She Will Rock You. It is certainly one of the best podcasts that I've listened to that's not my own, which is big praise indeed. And uh, we'll look forward to listening to you, your upcoming episodes. Thank you so much for coming on. Big thank you also to Christian for his time. Uh, managed to fit us in after a flight back from Budapest in the middle of a very, very busy run of Rocky shows. So uh, big thanks to Christian out there as well. Get along, see him and live shows over the course of the next six months over here in the UK. Um, If you see them, tell them that Quite the Music sent you. Um, And that will do us for this episode of Quite the Music. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again next time. Goodbye. Quite the Thing Media production of Quite the Music, distributed as part of Quite the Music Collab.